0: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Yes, indeed, and I am joined at last by Julie Weisenhorn <laughs> from the University of Minnesota. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, you've it's been gone a while, for a while. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was nothing. We said was it? it no, was no, just, no, okay. no, no, no. Just, just the way the schedule worked out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You took a little uh, little time away.
1: Yep, yeah, we were down in uh, Mexico visiting our friends Jan and Eric down there, and I suppose well, you were,
0: and they were listening to the show while you were gone. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. sure they were. Oh. <laughs> Actually, they do listen in sometimes. They have a little streaming issue sometimes. Oh, okay. They do listen in sometimes. South of the border, is different. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, welcome back. It's good Thank to see you again. Yeah. And as usual, uh, you can ask Julie your question by phone or by text. Same number applies, 651-989-9226. Uh, in fact, I remember working with you. I can't remember which year it was because- uh, There's
1: been so many. Uh,
0: there have been many. How many years is it? Is it eight? Oh, eight years or yeah. something? Seven, eight years? But it was around oh. Christmas time. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, don't ask me why. I just remember <laughs> that and playing certain music. But besides that, uh, we've cleared the lines, and uh, we're, we're waiting for some phone calls and text messages. But is this the time of year? Are you? Do you get, like, green stuff for uh, a hostess gift, or when somebody comes to your house, do they bring you plants? Green oh,
1: yeah. If, that happens year-round. People bring flowers, or they bring a plant. Usually flowers, so they kind of figure I probably have the plants. So. What's a what's a
0: good host or hostess <laughs> oh, gift my gosh. to bring? There's somewhere.
1: so many good ones. I, to be honest, food is great. Oh. <laughs> so fresh fruit, um, citrus, citrus is always yeah. great this time of year. Um, but I've you know Christmas cactus, amaryllis bulbs, uh, arrangements, just general arrangements. Um, can buy a lot of those even at your local grocery store, has some mm-hmm. nice ones. One of the things that people should check for, though, when they get greenery around this time of year, and for their Christmas trees, too, you know, not everything comes from Minnesota. True. You can go buy a Minnesota-grown tree, which is fantastic. You support a local grower. You're supporting our economy. And, uh, and that's a wonderful thing to do. But the Minnesota Department of Ag has uh, some recommendations mm-hmm. for checking for pests on some of the greenery. For example, boxwood is a popular green. It's one of our broadleaf evergreens. It's beautiful, but it doesn't come from Minnesota. It comes from other states, and there are some diseases that can come in on that boxwood. I have not heard this. That can then affect our native boxwood. So the MDA, and we just put an article about this in our Yard and Garden News, which is at extension.umn.edu, and go to Yard and Garden. And there are uh, the recommendations are to look over your greenery and look for things like spotty leaves and streaks on your boxwood that may be indicative of uh, boxwood blight. Uh, look for egg masses, Jap- uh, gypsy moth egg masses on your Christmas trees. They like to lay their eggs. They look kind of like a about the size of a thumbprint or so, kind of a tan, fuzzy mass, hmm. and those are gypsy moth eggs and uh, things like uh, needle scale on the underside of firs, for example. So the reason that's important is because we tend to take our greens and, you know, chuck them out in the backyard or throw them in our compost or lay them in the back, you know, someplace, and that those insects can possibly get onto our, our plants, our landscape plants. So it's important to take a look at that. And if you want to look at the pictures of those, you can go to our Yard and Garden News and... We've got all the information there that you can check it out. And the website is? Extension.umn.edu.
0: And you guys, over the last couple of years or so, have really done an amazing job on that, haven't it,
1: you? Yeah, it's been a work in progress. And I, I've and that's the important thing about a web page. You never want it to be static. No. You want it to be dynamic.
0: Especially, uh, we, we've said it in shows past this time of year, it's great reading.
1: It is great reading. And we continue to write the Yard and Garden News blog, which is timely information from all of us in in horticulture, uh, so that people are kind of up to date with things that we're seeing or things that might be of consideration. Jeff Hahn just also wrote about pests that can come in on Christmas trees like aphids. Or, um... (laughs) well, you can take a look at it. (laughs) I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll we'll,
0: we'll remind our listeners to do that before you uh, you take your leave today. 651 989-9226. 989 If you have an lawn or Garden question for Julie, 651 uh, Text, we have that too. And by the way, again, the text number and the phone number, same number uh, to use. Um, what are, Texter wants to know, some of your favorite catalogs to order veg seeds from?
1: Oh, my goodness. How many are there? <laughs> uh, I just got the Seed Savers catalog, which is uh out of Decorah, Iowa, and that's a great uh, location for finding heirloom seeds or maybe some more unusual varieties that you haven't seen before. I like that one. Um, I like looking at the pictures too. Baker seeds is another good one. Uh, Jung, Burpee, uh, Gurney. There's a lot of very good uh, seed uh, catalogs that are out there, and also our local garden centers are going to be getting their seeds in here pretty soon too. And so you can also just go to a local garden center and purchase a them idea. there. That's good idea. You want to always look at the date on the seed packet and make sure that it's it's packaged for this year that you're buying it.
0: What happens if it's not? Well, this sometimes they may
1: not germinate as well. Yeah, if they're old seeds. If you've saved seeds and you've saved them in a you know the junk drawer of your of your kitchen or something. They may have dried out and they may not be viable. So uh, we do have a good seed starting or starting seeds webpage as well. That explains a little bit about that and uh, how you get good quality seed.
0: You know, you mentioned the word heirloom, and I know what that means generally speaking. But what when you see uh, the grocery store or wherever the heirloom tomatoes? Yeah. What what is an heirloom veggie?
1: So these are open-pollinated vegetables. So they are not hybrids, and they're oh. usually very old, uh, hence their name heirloom. Very old seeds that have been uh, collected and uh, saved, and then saved every year from okay. plants, and and you know uh, propagated or or replenished that way.
0: Like in the case of a tomato, does it taste different? Uh, then,
1: uh, it depends who you ask. Oh, okay. Yeah, some people might say, no, they taste the same. And some people mm-hmm. might say, oh, there's nothing like an heirloom tomato. So, And I think, actually, when you grow your own heirloom tomatoes, and it's the same with any of the vegetables, they always seem to taste better, I think, because yeah. you put so much work into them.
0: Here we are talking about growing vegetables, <laughs> and it's almost <laughs> Christmas. But we do that. That's, that's okay. That's, we, that's okay. We We're lucky in that.
1: Minnesota because we have, a lot of, uh, we have a lot of opportunities to eat a lot of different vegetables and that's fruits. That's true.
0: And you have an opportunity to ask, Julie, your lawn or garden question. We haven't had a uh, dormant seating question yet uh, today. 651-989-9226. That's the phone number. That's the text number. We welcome yours here on our Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Wise way to say Merry yes, nothing says Christmas I love like that Jimmy Buffett. Song. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing that uh, when you were on the air uh, a few years ago during this time Many of the year. Many moons ago. Yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, so I had to do
1: that. Just, our favorite movie fun. in um, our house is Christmas Vacation, and that's that oh, song is played in there.
0: Well, welcome back. You brought some warmer weather with you. Well, somewhat.
1: sure. Yeah. Packed it right in my bag.
0: <laughs> Good for you. Anyway, welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, you can text it, and like a lot of people are doing, they've chosen the text method, yes. uh, which is six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That happens to be the same number as the phone number. So if you want to call in and chat with uh, Julie, do that or send her a text as well. One came in. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Uh, what is the most unique fruit you have ever eaten, and what did it taste <laughs> like? We've never had a question like that.
1: Before. I have never been asked that question. Uh, well, we were talking about that, and I— I can't think of really a fruit, um, but I have been experimenting making bitters this year. And one of the ingredients that's very, uh, that's in the first kind that I made is hibiscus flour. So you can buy hibiscus, dried hibiscus flowers in, uh, I think, mostly Latin uh, grocery stores. Mm. So... Um, And co-ops also, I believe, carry it in bulk. You can order it online. What do you do with that? Well, you make like a tea out of it and then cool it down and then flavor it with, you can use honey or you can use uh, like blue agave syrup or Mm. simple syrup. And it makes, it's very delicious and you can add sparkling water to it. It's a beautiful, hot, uh, kind of a dark pink color. So it's very Appropriate for this time of year for decorating and whatnot, and you can mix it. You can make a cocktail out of it, but it's really good to drink just with sparkling water in it. Huh. It's quite tasty. Sounds refreshing. Yeah, so it is very refreshing. <laughs> so that's uh, but so that's, that's one thing that I've tried lately that I really that
0: isn't necessarily a, uh, a fruit.
1: Not but, necessarily a fruit. A yeah. flower, not a fruit. Yeah. What yeah. about you? You travel a lot. Yeah, but I'm
0: trying to think what... uh,
1: I tried some tiny bananas, and my friend Jan is very uh, down in Mexico. little ones you can buy in the store? Yeah, you can buy them. I just saw them at Whole Foods, but you can buy them. Uh, Down in Mexico, we ate uh, some of the very tiny bananas. And there are many more varieties of bananas than those that we get usually here in Minnesota. I I can't remember the numbers. She would know that, but uh, but the tiny bananas... Packed full of banana flavor. I remember when my Super sister too. lived
0: in Florida. They had a mango tree.
1: Oh, I love. Well, I have mango. a song about mangoes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. By my guitar, but I'd sing not, it for that's you. But that's not unusual.
0: I mean, yeah, it's, it's good. I like
1: the uh, the yellow mangoes that come in the spring. Uh-huh. they're way better than the green and the red ones.
0: For some reason we end up talking about food <laughs> on the show. And that's Follows okay. the wine show. That's Again, fine. yeah. There you go. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Tell you what, let's go to on the phones. Let's go to Mankato. I believe Terry's there. Terry, good morning. What can we do for you?
2: Well, hello. Merry Christmas. Thank Merry you. Merry Christmas um, to you. I had a cucumber question. Okay. <laughs> <Cucumber> question. <laughs> My wife has got a small garden, and she picks up things you know at the garden store, a quality garden store, and um, and she had the regular cucumbers. Okay. You know? Then she had these ones about the size of a softball. Oh, round yeah. as can be, but, uh, um a, a lemon cucumber? Is
1: yes, right? I've grown them.
2: And, uh,
1: I've grown them too.
2: Oh, okay. Well, this was by mistake, and we were both standing there in amazement. And so we, we tripped it off, and that is what the uh, store that she bought the plants from told her lemon cucumber. But only a couple of them seem to grow very good. You know, the rest were kind of small. But um, <clears throat> at any rate, will they, like, grow, like, in the same soil as just, gen? you know, regular cucumbers? You know, that, um, do they need a different pH or something like that?
1: No, they will grow just like regular cucumbers. We did, an, uh, you know, the master gardeners in Minnesota do a seed trial. They've done it for, I think, boy, I want to say over 40 years now. Mm. 82 was when they started. So do the math there. And one year we did pickling cucumbers, and the lemon cucumber was one that we tried out. And I grew those. I grew them in my backyard. We grew them on campus as well. And, and what I found about those is that they, they grew in regular soil, same conditions as a, a typical green cucumber, but they were a little bit seedier as they got older. Hmm. And, uh, and the, what a, one of the nice things is they are about the size of a baseball when you pick them, and they're yellow on the outside. They slice, and they will fit perfectly stacked into a, a wide mouth mason jar. Hmm. So when you're canning them, you can just stack them right up and maybe alternate with some onion or something like that, and they make a really beautiful presentation, but they are a bit more seedy. That's more the only seedy. Thing. Yeah, more seedy, okay. seedier.
0: All right, thanks, Terry. Terry leaves the line open, 651-989-9226. We had a, a seed uh, um uh, a catalog question earlier, but the texter wants to know what do you look for in a seed company?
1: Oh, uh well, I think that actually most of the seed companies out there are you're going to find good quality seed i mean they're they're in it for the long haul a lot of them have been in business for many, many years. Um, I'm mostly interested in unusual varieties of seeds, so I like to look for things that are maybe something I've never grown before or that a friend has told me about, uh, maybe carrots that are purple instead of orange. Um, uh, Swiss chard, that's uh, multicolored stems instead of just red or white or yellow. So uh, I like to try new things. I always try to try at least a few new plants, perennials and annuals as well. Every year. So looking for unusual varieties. And you'll find, uh, for example, there's an Italian seed company. And I'm trying to think of the name right now. But it sells very unusual th- things from Italy that mm. we normally wouldn't you know, be able to find here. We used that, um, some of their seeds when we were doing a, I think it was a dried bean trial, one of the seed trials as well. All right. Yeah. One of our volunteers suggested it.
0: Uh texter says, Julie, why do some buds fall from Christmas cactus, some bloomed?
1: Well, uh, so when f- plants are putting out flowers, they're putting a huge amount of energy into creating those buds and ultimately a bloom. So sometimes the plant simply can't, can't support that many buds on the plant. So some of them will drop off. Sometimes they drop off because of drafts or a change in, in growing environment if you've Move the plant some uh, into a different kind of environment, maybe from a sunny window to a, a darker corner or to your kitchen table, for example, dining room table, you might lose some buds. Uh, if you've bought the plant recently and you bring it in, you've you know, brought it in from the store, got it in your car, out of your car, into your house, sometimes that change will also cause the plant to drop some buds. Sometimes they get dry and they just dry up and drop off. So there's a variety of those uh, reasons that happen.
0: Okay. Tell you what, Julie, we have another half hour of the show to go. Uh, if you did not get your question answered, call it in or text it in. As I said, another half hour to go. 651-989-9226. That number also applies to your text questions. 651-989-9226. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota helping you out today. By phone and by text, same number, 651-989-9226. I'll tell you what, Anne has been waiting there yes. in Farmington to ask a question. Uh, go great. ahead, and thank you, Anne. What's your question?
2: Yes, good morning. Morning. <clears throat> Merry, Christmas and Merry Christmas to all at WCCO. I was given a Christmas cactus, and it's healthy, and I guess from bringing it to the car, I was glad for the other caller. Um, I had some little flowers on there, just little buds, and they did come off. But the plant is very healthy and green. And I, my question is, how often do I water Christmas cactus? Is it best just to sprinkle water on the top and or in the dirt? I'm not sure.
1: Okay, so one of the important things about Christmas cactus is to make sure that the pot is draining really well. Uh, a, a killer of Christmas cactus is over wet, is what soil that's too wet. And that doesn't drain. So, if your Christmas cactus came in the foil wrapper, which is pretty common, you want to take the pot out of that foil wrapper and set it in the sink and then water it and allow it to drain. Make sure that the bottom of the pot has holes in it and that it's draining really well. And once it's all drained out, then put it back. You can put it back in the foil and set it back uh, wherever you have it um, displayed. That's the most important thing. The killer of Christmas cactus is root rot, and that happens when we overwater the plants. And so uh, just feeling the soil, uh, you can tell that it's overly dry. Poke your fingers in it. Uh, Lifting the pot, if it's really, really light, uh, then you can tell that it's probably too dry too. But the important thing is to make sure that that pot is draining well.
0: All right. We're good. Thank you, Ann. Hope that helps. That leaves the line open at 651-989-9226. Lots going on we should talk
1: about. Yes. So I had the pleasure of talking to Steve Vanetta, who's the landscape supervisor of the Arboretum, yesterday when I was out there. And he gave me some information on the Arboretum winter lights display, which is happening now. And um, he told me that they wanted to do something very unique at the Arboretum that was different than other Christmas lights that you see. So they talked to uh, one of their suppliers, and they have created actual light, uh, two-dimensional light uh, displays of Minnesota University of Minnesota plant releases. Hmm. So there's an azalea, and there's a honey crisp, and they also have uh, written information in front of those displays so that you can learn about... The plant that you're looking at, the light display of. So, what a neat so idea. So it's a little bit of education, horticulture education, as well as really enjoying that holiday spirit.
0: What a great... That's, uh, it's a, very cool. That is a neat idea.
1: Yeah, and our band will be playing there for New Year's Eve, and the winter lights will be going on. That's uh, your next gig now? Uh, next gig is the 27th at Billy's in Rockford, but we'll be at the Arboretum playing 7 till 10. They have a big event happening uh, things for kids to do. They're going to drop the ball every hour so that those little oh. ones can get off and go to bed, you know, that kind of thing. So we will be there, the full band. So we're oh, super that's, excited oh, about that's, it. That's, that's we great. feel it, very honored to have been asked.
0: And what's neat, you know, you think about, some people think about the Arboretum like just in spring and summer. but they're no, so, year-round.
1: Hip-happening yep, place. All the
0: time. All right, very good. Uh, 651-989-9226. A lot of text messages, too. Great. Are you familiar, text says, With the new variety of poinsettias called Prinsettia. I have bought two of them now (laughs) and have not been able to keep them alive with a large one in a large pot. Hard to tell if it's dry or or moist. Could it be the new variety or what's the best way to care for those poinsettias? Okay, well,
1: we have an excellent uh, webpage on poinsettias. And the care, and one of the things about poinsettias is, is, is they tend to like the Christmas cactus tend to get overwatered or underwatered. It's really difficult. You've got to keep them moist at all times. Um, so really checking them every day is important. I think, especially in our houses are kind of dry right now, and uh, so feeling the soil and those stick your fingers down in the in the soil and feel that soil. And if it's dry, then you want to really put that put that plant into the sink and really allow it to drain well saturate that soil. Don't rely on just uh, putting a little bit of water on it, but really make sure that you saturate that whole root ball and that it drains well out the bottom. And, again, if it comes in a wrapper, a foil wrapper, or if it's in a decorative pot, take it out of that pot, you know, so that it's just in the plain plastic pot and be sure that it drains well, and then you can put it back in the decorative pot. All
0: right, very good. Let's go back to the phones, Julie. Tom is calling from Crystal. Tom, what can we do for you? Well, actually
2: you just answered my question. I uh, <laughs> just, just got a Point plant and it's in the foil and I was just wondering what I should do with that.
1: Yeah, the watering is the trickiest part of that. So just keeping it moist as best you can is the the way to keep it looking good for the holidays.
0: All right. Very good, Tom. Thanks. That was pretty good timing, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Tom leaves the line open if you want to call in your question for Julie, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Texture says we have two big sunburst locust trees over 30 years old. Last spring, they had an unusually profuse year of dropping seed coats. Now in December, they have not finished dropping their leaves. Most of the leaves are still on the tree, now frozen and brown and dropping down onto the snow very slowly. Is that a sign of any problem, do you think?
1: I don't think it's a sign of a problem. It's just probably the, the situation around the weather. Uh, sometimes the plants just don't or those leaves just don't completely harden off and drop off completely due to weather conditions. And, uh, and this year, um, Mark Seely uh, published his Minnesota Weather Talk blog. Uh, he does that every Friday. It's a great one to subscribe to. I suggest everybody read about very, very interesting information. But he indicated that 2019 is uh, the wettest year in Minnesota history statewide. Yeah, and uh, with average precipitation being over thirty five inches, that's a lot of and that's snow and rain, so that's a combination, and uh, and so sometimes those types of conditions, uh, the plant doesn't quite harden off, um, and and it's and so those leaves are retained on the on the plant. As far as the seed coats, sometimes uh, uh, environmental conditions will create will cause a plant to produce an excessive amount of seed. We call it masting, and you'll see it in acorns and seed coats or seeds like uh, the the uh, texture mentioned, and that is just, again, environmental conditions uh, and the plant reacting to those. So I, I wouldn't worry about them, but, you know, if you ever have a mature tree and there's a real concern about it, you can certainly call a certified arborist here in Minnesota. We are very fortunate to have a very strong population of educated and uh, very uh, informed people who can come out and advise you on those mature trees are super important to our environment and also to property values as well.
0: Very good. You're absolutely right. Uh, Let's go back to uh, the phones. Ken is calling from uh, Blaine, I believe. Uh, Ken, you're on with Julie.
2: Good morning. Um, I have a question on the ornamental hollies that are usually around sale around this time of year. What's the uh, care of those? I mean, do lighting and watering, and then also do they would they, they be able to, uh, I mean, do they not last long in the house if they're cared for well?
1: They they should last in the house. One of the things with those is they have very large leaves, and so they can dry out quite a bit. So keeping them, again, like the poinsettia, is just keeping them moist, but being sure that they drain well when you water them is important. Uh, it, and that's kind of hard because they're so prickly that you got to get your hand in there to feel that soil. Uh, and also putting them in the brightest light window that you have. They are um, uh, full sun plants, and, and so keeping them uh, in a sunny window. A sliding glass door is great if it's a larger plant or on a table there. That's wonderful. Uh, south exposure, eastern exposure, uh, southwestern exposure is terrific. And then, again, keeping them moist. What you don't want to have is those big leaves drying out because then they're going to start to curl and look kind of a dingy color. So uh, keeping them moist, making sure they drain really well.
0: Okay. Thanks, Ken. 651-989-9226. Same number applies to your text messages, which we have many of. Regarding your discussion of saving heirloom seeds, can you save these seeds year after year or do they, quote, wear out or change over time?
1: If seeds are stored properly so they would be stored uh, in a cool environment and not uh, not a moist environment because you don't want them to mold they can sometimes last for many many years uh, but we do recommend that if you're if you re- if you're planting um, year after year that that variety that you keep resaving seeds every year that you don't just keep them and keep them and keep them sometimes people will come across seeds that are, very old, and they're just fine, So, uh, but they've been stored properly. Other times they've dried up and they're not viable anymore. One way that you can test seeds without waiting for the soil to warm up is you can do what's called a rag doll. We do this in plant propagation class. Uh, You wet a paper towel, set a few of the seeds from the packet out on uh, that paper towel, fold it up, put it in a, a plastic bag, like a lunch bag or sandwich bag, and then just let it uh, put it in a dry or a, a warm area, and check it every day. And if the seeds put out a little bit of a root, then you know the seeds are viable, and you can probably fairly confidently plant that packet of seeds.
0: More questions about Christmas cactus? Of course. Bloomed in November, texter says. What yes. can I do to get a December bloom next year? Thanks for your program.
1: Um, boy. These are plants that react to the shortening of daylight. And so uh, locating it maybe in a brighter window when you uh, – if you if you have it outside, for example, during the summer mm-hmm. and you bring it in or putting it in the brightest window and then moving it, intentionally moving it to a little darker window might prompt it to bloom on time. It depends on your situation in your house. Sometimes there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. It's just the light that we have available and that's one of the limiting factors of growing plants indoors is, is light. So uh, so that you might want to try that. Shifting the plant from a bright location to a darker location might prompt it to uh, to set bud at a more uh, specific time. Good luck with that, though. Very good. <laughs> but our website has a good publication on holiday cacti.
0: And the website is? And
1: it is extension.umn.edu. We have, of course, the Yard and Garden News, and there's an excellent article that our communication specialist, Gail Hudson, wrote on holiday plants. And we have a New Year's uh, version coming out or edition coming out, and you can subscribe to this. We put it out every two weeks. It's written by all of us in horticulture, and subscribe to it, and you'll be getting an alert then that kind of reminds you, shows you what's what's on the newsletter, and you can kind of stay up to date in all of the current things in horticulture.
0: Let's remind our listeners of that before you leave us today. That would That's be a great. Neat, neat Love idea. It. I know we have to break you momentarily. We have callers. Don't go away. We're going to get to you uh, next. But the texter says, should I generally not be putting fertilized water on my houseplants?
1: If your houseplants are actively growing, if you see new leaves, if they're budded, Uh, If you see new branches uh, growing, new green branches, then you should be fertilizing with about a half strength of an all-purpose household fertilizer. That's for most plants. Some plants, like African violets, have specific fertilizers designed for them, and you would want to use a half strength of that. We don't recommend the full strength because sometimes with these containers, they're smaller, and you can really – a lot of fertilizer salts can collect, and that actually can be uh, detrimental to the plants. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. We have a quick quick break happening here. We'll be right back with more of the show on Smart Garden here on CCO 651-989-9226. Call it in or text Julie your question. And welcome back to our Smart Garden show. <laughs> we're around here uh, every Saturday in the My 8 goodness. o'clock hour. Julie <laughs> Weisenhorn from the U of M is back uh, with us today. We're glad to see her. It's been a while. And Julie, we're putting you back to work. because awesome. Callers and texters. Let's uh, talk to Diane. Diane's calling from Maple Plain. What can we do for you, Diane?
1: Uh, good morning. Thank morning. you for answering my call. Sure. Uh, I have about five or six hibiscus shrubs that we bring in from the deck and we okay. overwinter them in our atrium, and they're all got b- buds, but all the buds are covered with little black bugs. Oh, that's a drag. What do I? Do? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? The important thing is to find out what the bug is. It sounds like they might be uh, an aphid or a mite or something, um, because you don't want to just randomly treat. Kind of hoping that you hit on what it is, and then you're just applying pesticide needlessly. You could, you could, uh, depending on how motivated you are, is move them into the shower and wash them off. Try washing off the bugs, and uh, you know, give them a good blast. That way, you could prune them. You might lose some of the buds, but they'll rebud. You know, later in the month or so. so you can do a couple things like that. You can literally remove the bugs or you can uh, try to blast them with water and wash them off. The other thing, too, is if you can get a really good picture of the, bug, of the bugs and that's difficult, you can send them to Master Gardeners who are uh, staffing the Ask an Expert online um, help tool. And you can find that on our Extension Yard and Garden site at extension.umn.edu and go to Yard and Garden. And uh, go to ask a Master Gardener, and they can maybe try to identify the insects. If, if they can't, they will get a hold of Jeff Hahn, who's our entomologist and ask him for his help. But I'm guessing they're a mite or they're a bla- or they're a type of aphid maybe. Uh, but I think you could probably blast them off with water and, and be sure that you do all of them so that you're not moving those things around. Good point. Yeah, check under sides of the leaves too. That's they hide down there too. But the aphids kind of, because they're on the buds, that makes me think they might be aphids.
0: All right. Good luck with that. We have uh, one Diane. We go to another Diane in uh, St. Paul. Uh, good morning, Diane. What can we do for you?
2: Good morning. I have purchased a small planter with about five small cactus plants in it as a gift for someone. Nice. And I have, con- and it's from a, a reputable nursery. And good. I have conflicting information about how to water it.
1: Okay, so cactus, again, like, like the other houseplants you've mm-hmm. talked about, you want to be sure that it's draining well. And the trick with cactus is not to overwater them. They really, really need to be dry. And um, they should have come with a label, though, or some instructions maybe. I'm, uh, that's too bad that they didn't. You could also uh, uh, contact if they're, you know, it depends on what the cactus is too. Uh, but you could contact the, the garden center or nursery where you purchased it and ask them. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe they told you that. Um, but the trick with cactus is don't overwater them because they will really, then you get a serious root rot going on. Um, I, I think sometimes people will, and maybe callers who are cactus aficionados, can, can uh, text in or, or their advice, but um, once a month maybe for cactus, Uh, and, uh, and again, be sure that if you are watering, uh, that, that there's, you know, good drainage in that pot, that, that, that the soil isn't going to be saturated.
0: Okay. Texter wants to know what's the life cycle of an Asian ladybug. They're showing up this winter in the house.
1: Uh, I don't know the exact life cycle. That would be something you could look on our insects page Mm -hmm. and find out. But, uh, yeah, they, they just kind of sneak out of cracks. They come in from out of doors and then they'll, Hide under edging and trim, and behind furniture, and then they'll they'll reappear when the when the sun is strong in a window. And so, as we move into longer days, which guess what, we will, uh, uh, they'll they're attracted to warm areas. So the best mm-hmm. thing to do, if you ask Jeff, our entomologist Jeff Hahn, is vacuum them up. That's right. the easiest way to get rid of them.
0: Here's another text, and we're going to try to grab as many as we can before we run out of time. Our yard is shady. The two serviceberry bushes never took off. Is it possible to dig them out and transplant them to a different location? If so, uh, what?
1: Well, if I would try to transplant them. I've done that before. I have regent serviceberry, and I, I had them growing in a, exactly what you're saying. Too shady, didn't flower, no fruit. And uh, we lost a tree or took down a tree in our yard, and so I moved them into a sunnier spot. So, yes, you can move them. Okay. You just want to dig a big hole. Dig the hole first, then move the plants and water, water, water when you're done.
0: We had a few hibiscus questions today. Okay. Here's another one I overwinter hibiscus bushes in our uh, atrium. And maybe that's the question that she called in. She's double dipping today. (laughs) Sounds like it. Nice to have an atrium, by the way. Yeah, I should say. Uh, but, cool. but that question has been answered Okay, on the phone, I believe. Would you please talk about, what does that say there, Julie? Non-peat, Non-peat se- seed, seed, seed starting mixes. mixes. I read somewhere Non-peat. they can be buggy.
1: Okay. Uh, well, any a seed starting mix is something that actually doesn't have any soil in it, a soilless mix. And so a lot of them will have peat in them. Uh, I have never experienced one that has bugs in it. Um, sometimes seed starting mixes or soil mixes get stored uh, outdoors and they can bring in insects. So I would go to a reputable uh, local garden center uh, that you trust, and I would look at I would purchase thing, purchase new seed starting mix that was fresh, unopened, and stored indoors. And I would ask maybe ask them that. And, uh, but sometimes we store our stuff outside and then we use it from year to year. And sometimes you can get insects that way.
0: All right. Texter wants to know, what was that website that Mark Seely does?
1: It's called Minnesota Weather Talk. And you can Google that. And, and it's a great, great blog. He writes it every Friday.
0: Now, what else were we going to remind our listeners? You mentioned uh, that. We were
1: going to remind people about the Yard and Garden News, that you can subscribe to that. We have an exciting New Year's edition coming out. Uh, we have recommendations for gifts. Uh, I put in my recommendation, which I'm uh, a real fan of pruners and things that cut, <laughs> and uh, and so we have uh, Mary wrote about gloves, and uh, we have uh, fruit recommendations from Annie Claude, who's our uh, fruit horticulture person, educator, extension educator, and so you can subscribe to that, and that might be your New Year's resolution: is to subscribe to the Yard and Garden News, because then every two weeks you'll get an email. And you'll find out what is going on in horticulture that we're seeing uh, from extension standpoint.
0: You know, we have about 60 seconds to go. Can you talk us through the procedure of, of, uh, of doing that very thing? Sure. Uh,
1: you go to extension.umn.edu. That's our website. Go to Yard and Garden mm-hmm. under uh, Connect. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then the very first thing you see is read Yard and Garden News. Click on that, and there's a subscribe button on that. And just put in your email.
0: And tell us again where the abiders are having their we next gig. We
1: are playing Friday, September, or Friday, December 27th at Billy's in Rockford. And we will be at the New Year's Eve bash at the Arboretum. Uh, the event starts at 5 o'clock. There's kid-friendly stuff, uh, adult-friendly stuff going on. And the winter lights display of university releases in light form. Super cool. I'd like to see Great educational, uh, plus super beautiful out on the landscape. And then we are playing from 7 till 10.
0: Excellent. Julie, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to you. I'll see you in January. And uh, is Teresa back next week? Teresa's back
1: next week, and then I'll be back in January.
0: You have a great holiday. You too. Thank you. Julie Weisenhart from the University of Minnesota. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,